0: Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker, and this week I am super excited. I think I'm super excited every week. I'm just really excited this week to be jamming with Nancy Richardson. Nancy and I are both in Vancouver, happen to be in Vancouver right now. We met almost nine years ago at Lululemon. And before we jumped on the podcast, I was telling Nancy that one of my favorite memories and first memories of working with Nancy at Lululemon was me running downstairs to her desk to ask if we could put Lululemon on Facebook. And you sort of looked around and said, well, why not? Give it a try. It was one of those moments that just made me think wow, an executive can say yes really quickly. And now, nine years later, I've had the pleasure of staying in touch and following your career and considering you a friend who I super look up to at how you've created a life that is so perfectly Nancy Richardson. So, Nancy, thank you for joining me today, and I'm excited to riff with you.
1: Thanks for having me. It's funny, that story is kind of now how I live my life. Why not? Let's see what happens. Because either... It'll work, or it's not going to work. You know, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Nance, do you? Well, I'm sure you remember. Of course, you came to Lululemon as one of the first leaders in the digital space, and left Lululemon as you were a VP of brand. Was that your last role? You've yeah, got on VP
1: of digital and brand.
0: VP of digital and brand. Lululemon went through some epic growth during that time, mm-hmm. especially online for that matter. And you've gone on to to lead marketing functions at organizations across North America and. Lucky for us in Vancouver, you've come back to Vancouver. One of my favorite marketing leaders, no surprise, is a man named Seth Godin. And Seth's latest book is called This Is Marketing. And in his book, there's a a short little quiz. And I thought it would be super appropriate from one marketing leader to another to kick this podcast off with the, I don't even want to call it a quiz. Maybe it's just an insight into you. What's going to happen is I'm going to tell you a word and you're going to tell me the first brand that comes to mind when I say that word. When I say quality, you say Lululemon. When I say worth, you say
1: I don't know, I can't think of one. All right. Strength. Strength. Lunya. Power. I'm not very good at this game, am I? No, it's <laughs> no problem. It's great to just
0: take note of what comes to mind. Oh no, I can't think of anything. Okay, what about innovation? Tesla. What about community?
1: Mm,
0: I don't know. The beautiful thing about the game being challenging, and I love that it causes you pause for thought, is we want to be able to identify brands with ease. And when I actually went through and did those myself, it was easier for me to identify personal brands or people more so than it was to identify corporate or company brands.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: what I find interesting or awesome about speaking to you is, and in the celebration of your new company, is it feels so perfectly you. And so why don't we dive into that, the impetus, the drive, the inspiration for your new brand that you've created, Mom and Pop Shop, you're the CEO and founder, you've recently launched, not just in Vancouver, you're, you're everywhere.
1: Yep. We're starting in Vancouver, but very quickly expanding into the U.S. Got
0: it. Tell us about Mom and Pop Shop. Where did it come from and and why have you started this, Nancy?
1: The premise of Mom and Pop Shop is I felt like there was a need um, specifically here in Vancouver, where it's a small city. There aren't a lot of opportunities here. When people think of brands that they can work for, it's a handful of brands and we have such great talent here in Vancouver. And so I wanted to help create opportunities that not only existed here in Vancouver but also expanded into other areas where people could afford to live here and stay here and um, it's such a great city and work freely, you know, from anywhere from their home or or a workspace and do the work that they love but have more freedom hmm. in doing that. I think a lot of people you know, it's a myth to think that, well, if I work freely, and I have the freedom to do what I want to do, then I need to make less money. And I wanted to kind of blow that up a bit and go, well, what if we created the possibility for people to do what they want to have the freedom to work where they want, and with whom they want, and actually double what they make or triple what they make.
0: And what is the premise of mom and pop? What is the community that you've created?
1: The premise of Mom and Pop is to really shake up the way we work, to almost flip it on its head. I worked in a corporate environment at various different companies for the last 20 years. And when I was at those companies, I felt like, I felt like there was always a ceiling or someone else was determining my success or my path or where I was going to go next. And so the premise of Mom and Pop Shop is to curate a network of talent and people who believe in a different way of working and creating a community of unbridled talent where they've taken the power back into their own hands. And should they choose to work at a corporation or a company, that's totally fine, but it's their choice because they want to, not because they have to. Mm -hmm. And in turn, they're the ones that are actually interviewing those companies versus the companies interviewing them. And also, I think it really puts the responsibility and accountability on companies when they have great talent to make sure that they're providing the leadership and the development necessary to retain great talent. Totally. Because they they have choices.
0: Absolutely. And are you uh, digging into this talent pool in a specific skill set? I mean, are we only focusing on marketing talent here or are you across the board?
1: So I'm a marketer by trade, so that's where we're starting. I think the mom and pop shop network could expand into all kinds of different areas, but it's starting with marketing because that's the area that I know. So basically when I thought about this network, I thought about all the different kinds of companies that I work with and I thought about what would that full marketing team look like of awesome talent. Because people ask me all the time, you know, do you know a graphic designer? Do you know a creative director? Do you know a social media person? And so I approached all of those people to create what I think is the best curated network of talent, not just in the city, but in North America.
0: Yeah, totally. And when we spoke about this, one of the pieces that I was super inspired by, in addition to the, you know, the power of choice and of possibility and of doing, you know, different types of work was your belief as a marketing leader about how to leverage the best talent and why hiring on a project or contract basis is actually advantageous for some of these large organizations that in the past would have only thought, you know, rather old school about putting a human into a box on an org chart forever and always 40 hours a week. So what are your thoughts about that and and the power or the benefit to organizations leveraging talent in this way?
1: hmm Well, our number one value is freedom. And that means freedom for the company and freedom for the talent. And so the beauty of it is that, you know, I've worked on both sides of it where I've worked in large corporations with large agencies, all kinds of freelancers. And what I think is nice is our muse company that we really target for mom and pop shop is a small to a medium sized company. That doesn't mean that a large company can't use it. They definitely can. But what this allows for is the flexibility in hiring up a virtual team that understands your brand. You can hire them up when you need them, and you cannot use them when you don't need them so that you don't have to have that overhead and a huge full-time team. On the flip side, it's really nice for the talent because they have the opportunity to work on all kinds of different projects um, with various different companies. It keeps them interested and challenged, um, especially in a creative space. Interesting. And now, this sounds like a silly question, but I just need to ask: If you
0: were to go in house and be a CMO again, I mean, I say that because, and, and knowing that you are, would
1: would you hire talent in this way? I would, and I do. So I'm actually um, the chief brand officer at a company called Bright, which is basically a super bed. It's uh, similar to like a Tesla, but a Tesla for beds. It's based out of Palo Alto. I work here in Vancouver from my home office. And the marketing team for Bright is based in Vancouver. And they're all freelancers. And so they have the flexibility. I keep them pretty busy. Um, <laughs> but They have the the flexibility to work on other projects, as well as work for Bright, but still live here in Vancouver. And on the flip side for Bright, it's great because it's a pre-revenue company startup that needs the flexibility to hire up the best talent, but also um, not have the overhead of a large team.
0: Sure. I've heard you say freely and freedom and freedom and freely a lot. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I, I think it's beautiful and powerful, especially as a woman, to declare that that is a value that matters so much to you. And mm-hmm. it matters so much. You've, in fact, written a book that will be coming out this summer called Working or Work Freely
1: work freely, work freely. It's it's the name of my book. It's kind of my daily mantra and it's the premise for mom and pop shop. It's something I think about all the time. Freedom is my number one personal core value. It's freedom, family, and physical strength are my three Mm -hmm. personal values. And at mom and pop shop, freedom, family, learning, innovation, and joy. Are our core values. So I just think it's really important, whatever you do, that your personal values align with, um, you know, the companies that you work for.
0: Absolutely. Can you tell us more about the book? What spurred you on to write your first book? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, as you know, um, when we worked together at Lululemon, I started out at Lululemon back in 2010 with a very small team, just a handful of people, and given how quickly the company grew. We grew the team from, you know, five people to 50 in a very short period of time. And that required me learning quickly how to be a leader, how to lead through leaders, how to develop leaders, how to be a coach and a mentor. And through that and all the leadership training that I got at Lululemon, when I left, I still had people reaching out going, what did you say, you know, I should do for this situation or can you share this tool with me or what was that story that you shared? And so I finally just went, "You know what? I think I'm going to write a book." I've been working now for over 20 years and I have a lot of stories to tell both personally and professionally. And so so the book is about really choosing your life, how to live powerfully and how to Basically, design the life that you want—not just hope that it will happen someday, but design it now, and then you know make it a sure thing. So it's a—it's basically a, a book about a little bit about my life, a little bit of about my career, and also sharing some tools and mentorship and coaching along the way. And I wrote it with my my leadership coach, Rochelle Davidson. So it has a short story, and then coaching at the end of each chapter
0: which is so so cool and I'm so thrilled to hear that you have shared stories because you know as I've mentioned some of my favorite stories are are stories from you and more often than not they're stories about your life or choices that you made to get to where you wanted to go or where you went to next and you know I guess in the time that I've known you you've moved from Seattle to Vancouver you've moved across back to the U.S. you've brought your family back You've had two children, (laughs) you, uh, your husband, has your husband been a stay at home husband
1: for the last 10 years or so? He has, it's been 15 years now.
0: 15 years. And you Mm -hmm. have just really lived a life of, of proof of evidence that you can break the mold. And I'm excited to read your book. I'm excited to hear these, you know, reread or read so many of these stories in print. And while we have you live with your voice. I want to ask a couple of questions in hopes that it might spur a few stories of what does it mean to you to be a woman in business
1: right now? Well, first of all, I don't like the term woman in business. I prefer the term business woman instead of woman in business. For some reason, that term always bugged me because I actually think now we don't even need that qualifier. You know, I feel like, There's often you need to say, oh, she's a female CEO or she's a female chief marketing officer, Mm. and it's just your chief marketing officer, yeah, or your CEO, absolutely, whether you're male or female. And what was your question? What's it like to be a business woman?
0: What does it mean to you? I mean, I think the reality, and I feel I'm in the same camp of Mm. with you that I, I wish we didn't need this gender qualifier, and the reality is. We're nowhere near gender parity. We're nowhere near stay-at-home men being you know, equal numbers to stay-at-home women raising children. And we don't have the number of females in executive positions at all. Mm-hmm. And we're still in the conversation of equal pay in a radical way. We're still in the conversation of you know, certain old school, dare I say it, the old boys club, things needing to be broken down. And it's not everywhere, but it does still exist. And while we are making change and we're making steps toward it being different, I think it's important to acknowledge that you're not the norm. Not every chief marketing officer is as progressive and as relevant as you are, especially in terms of of gender. And I think you've made really bold choices that a lot of us as women look up to and say, you did it and you carved away and you made a path. And whether that was creating a home gym so that you could get your workouts in at a certain time or choosing to have, have a family the way you did in the midst of a bustling career. I look and think you've made a lot of choices that are really unique. And, and I love that you might not look at them and think, well, I'm a woman, I've done it, but let's just say being Nancy in the (laughs) world right now, I'm curious as to your experience of, let's use your words of being a businesswoman.
1: It's an interesting question because, and I, thank you for describing me that way, but I don't see myself that way. When you, you were saying that description, I, I don't think about myself that way. I mean, I you know I grew up in Hawaii and I worked really hard to get, go to college, put myself through college. And I feel like it's just more about putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. And I've had a lot of ups and downs in my career, which I talk about a lot in my in my book, because I think it's important to talk about those moments when you fall to your knees, because those are the things that really define you. And that's where you muster up the strength and resilience to go on to the next thing. Mm. Um, But there have definitely been a lot of times in my career where I felt like I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to work. My husband just needs to go back to work. I'll stay home. (laughs) And uh, and I'm done. What's caused those? What's caused those is, I think, surrounding myself at times with people who don't believe in me. Right. And so when that happens, you have to believe in yourself. Sometimes I'll stay on the couch for a couple days that's happened or, you know, (laughs) where I just need to regain my strength. But what has been really powerful for me is really creating my goals and having a vision for where I know I want to go and living Mm -hmm. into that. I remember a, a very specific moment in time where I'd been working for about 20 years and and I felt like I kind of hit rock bottom. I started to write my goals and I was working with my executive coach and she said, you know, rather than trying to go out and do more of the same and look for that next chief marketing officer job and interviewing with a whole bunch of companies, why don't you turn it on at Ted and write your own job description hmm. and apply for that? And then design your, your life into mm-hmm. that. And when you talk to companies, see how they fit into your plan, which actually was the scariest thing I've ever done, because what if that didn't work? And being the sole income provider for my family, there was a lot at stake. I think it's just interesting how, how you described my career so far, because I don't see it that way. I see it as a series of ups and downs, putting one foot in front of the other setting your goals, picking yourself back up and having the strength to just move forward and just keep going, you know? And -hmm. like you said in the beginning with your story about Facebook, just do it and try it and it'll either work or it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, and being okay with that because if you don't do that, then you won't put yourself out there to try new things.
0: Yeah. Well, in the spirit of this being, you know, we're still fresh into 2019 and the power of goals mattering so much to you as they do to me as well. Are you up for sharing either a 2019 or 2029 goal that is is relevant and is on your heart right now? Where is Nancy going?
1: You know, I set my goals every year and I I do it with my husband and my family and so we have family goals and financial goals and physical strength goals and also career goals. So in terms of in terms of family, one of the decisions I made is to create all opportunities that allow me to work from home so that I can be around my kids. They're teenagers now. Another family goal is to play beach volleyball together more often. We love beach volleyball. My career goals are to launch Mom and Pop Shop and publish my book. Those are two big goals for me this year. And to also bring bright to market, the bed company. In terms of physical strength, I'm doing jujitsu and kickboxing. Those are my two new activities that I'm learning how to do. So it's just five days a week, getting to the gym and doing something that that I'm not very good at and learning how to do that. My biggest one that I'm really excited about is driving across the country this summer with my family, going to Minnesota. So
0: Awesome. That's our plan. So cool. With that, we're out of time. And we wrap every podcast at Uncorked with one of our favorite questions, which is what is currently making your
1: heart beat faster, Nance? Well, definitely iced tea because I'm addicted to iced tea, unsweetened iced tea. I can't get enough of it. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Probably my kickboxing. And honestly, like I mean, it's never ending. I just feel like there's always something with the things that I'm doing. So it's kind of just embracing the unknown and living into these new goals this year. So
0: amazing. Thank you for your time. We are cheering you on for a book launch party in the summer and uh, we'll link below to mom and pop
1: shop. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you.